In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today we begin the season of Advent, which is a time of preparation for Christmas in sort of the same way that Lent is a time of preparation for Easter. It's a season of penitence and preparation, a season appropriate for some measure of fasting and some additional spiritual disciplines to uh, renew ourselves in our life of prayer. Today's epistle calls us to change in order to get ready for the coming of Jesus. St. Paul writes, quote, Knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put upon us the armor of light. The words of the epistle are embedded in the Advent Collect, which is the Collect for the first Sunday in Advent that's repeated every day throughout the season. We say it every day at morning and evening prayer, and we repeat it at, at every Sunday Eucharist as well. It says, Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life in which thy son Jesus Christ came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when we shall come again in glorious majesty to judge the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. In other words, get ready now for this thing that's coming in the future. <clears throat> this is the glory of Advent, excited expectation for the coming of Jesus, combined with the challenge to repent and change in order to be prepared to meet him. But there is a human nature problem in this Advent call to change our lives. We often get excited about some new thing and make some form of change to our lives because of that excitement. The problem is that when the excitement goes away, so does the change because the change was caused by the excitement and we're no longer excited, we're no longer changed. Thus, the challenge of Advent is to change our foundational habits and patterns, patterns, to aim at the overarching structure of our lives, not just to aim at changing a few surface behaviors. The gospel story of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem reflects the recurring pattern of God coming to his people. Some might wonder what the Palm Sunday story is doing on the first Sunday in Advent. It fits because it describes the coming of Jesus to Jerusalem, and Advent is about the coming of Jesus. Jesus comes to Jerusalem and he comes to the temple, and his activity in the temple is often referred to as, quote, the cleansing of the temple. However, it wasn't really a cleansing. It was only a temporary change. Most likely, as soon as he left, they put the tables back on their feet and resumed the money-changing business as they had practiced it before. Jesus' actions signified condemnation rather than cleansing. Jesus was marking the temple for destruction and it would be destroyed roughly 40 years later, never to be built again. God's plan was to replace the temple building with a new temple, 
the temple of the body of Christ. God's Spirit once dwelt in the Holy of Holies in the Jerusalem temple. God's Spirit now dwells within his people, dwells within us. God has taken up, as it were, a partial residence in us. The baptismal gift of the Holy Spirit is a down payment on the promise that Christ will one day come to us in the fullness of his glory. We will see him face to face and our change into his image will be completed. Thus, if we think about it, there is a tension in the Christian life between the way that Christ is already with us and the way that we are waiting for Christ to come in some greater way. We experience this tension in the Eucharist. We already live in Christ, and Christ already dwells in us, yet we somehow come to the altar of God to receive him again. He comes to us in the sacrament as food, the bread of life, to nourish and feed the life that was planted in baptism. He comes to cleanse our temple, to make our bodies clean and to wash our souls. He comes to us in time to prepare us for future glory. We get ready for Christ's ultimate coming on the day of the Lord by preparing to meet him on the Lord's day. We prepare to meet Christ in the future by meeting him now in the word of God in the sacrament, and in our prayers. If we are in the habit of meeting Jesus, of responding to his presence when we meet him now, we will be ready to meet him when he comes to us in the fullness of his glory at the end of time. The danger of religion is that we might go through the outward motions of piety, but fail to hear and respond to the word of God in our hearts. This is what happened in the first century. The people were outwardly very religious, but they did not hear the word of God, and they did not respond to it in their lives. Thus, when the word made flesh came to them, they did not recognize him. They did not receive him because they did not know him. When we talk about change, we usually think about outward behavior. If we have been, for example, impatient and unkind, we will try to be more patient and kind. If we have been falling into some kind of temptation, we will try harder to resist that temptation. This pattern does not result in lasting change because it focuses on mere human willpower in the moment of challenge. And mere human willpower cannot conquer sin. We can only overcome sin by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit, which come to us through prayer. Our main problem in life is busyness, 
distraction, and anxiety about the concerns of life in this world. The routines and urgencies of life keep us on a treadmill. Various forms of media entertainment distract us. The cares and concerns of life make us anxious. Consequently, there is no space in our lives to stop and hear the word of God and respond to it and make the necessary structural changes in our lives. To establish lasting change, therefore, we must aim at this disordered pattern and not merely at the outward behaviors which are merely the result of the disordered pattern. This means, at the foundation, reordering our lives so that prayer and the hearing of God's word have a preeminent and formative place in our lives. A faithful pattern of life begins with faithful habits of prayer. When we begin our time in prayer, our behavior flows out of our prayer. Habitual prayer comes to change our habitual behavior. The Bible refers to the fruit of the Spirit. Virtue is what the Spirit produces in us through our habits of prayer over time. Without a commitment to prayer, without a commitment to life in the Spirit, there can be no fruit of the Spirit. And God can only be an emergency responder, a 911 call. For real change to take place, our time must come to be governed by our prayer. Prayer leads us into our work, and then we return to our prayer. We do not just say our prayers. We listen for the voice of God each day. Each day we commit the day to God through prayer. We ask for guidance to know and do his will. We return to prayer after our day to give thanks to Christ for his presence in our day, to confess our failures and to experience grace in a new way, to consider what God has taught us through the challenges of the day. As we establish a pattern of prayerfulness, we develop the habit of responding to Christ's presence now in anticipation of his coming in glory at the end of time. <clears throat> Some people protest that they don't have time for spiritual disciplines like prayer and Bible reading. This is precisely our disorder, and it is a lie. We all do what we really want to do. If we do not make room in our lives to worship God, and listen for his voice, it is because we are not willing to do it. Or it may be because we do not tr really trust him. We do not trust that if we commit our lives to God through prayer, he will take care of all of our needs. Prayer is the way we express faith. 
and the lack of prayer is the way we express a lack of faith. Our lives are upside down, or at least that's the tendency of our lives is to make them upside down. To do our own stuff first, to allow ourselves to be governed by anxiety and distraction, to shoehorn God into the gaps and the margins, and then wonder where God is and why things never change. The failure to commit ourselves to disciplines of prayer is the failure to commit to receiving Christ now. And if we will not receive Christ now, how can we be ready to receive him when he comes in glory at the end of time? Therefore, as the epistle exhorts us, now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.